you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen. Hello and welcome back. Welcome back to uh, the Watch Dogs, the Dog Pack. We are going to be talking about the uh, philosophy of privacy. So why should you care? How is it being infringed upon? Example of dystopian privacy infringements. The reason this is so important is because it go back. It goes back to our Amer- American Creed episode. You know, these are fundamental ideas enshrined into our society and you know, just other Western societies, uh, free society in, ge- in general, but you cannot have liberty without privacy. You know, it looks like, you know, it can appear as a luxury. That's why you take it, f- you know, take it for granted, but it is important for the well-being of a free, just society. So I think privacy has become more, you know, important in the age of data exploitation. The way data and technology are now deployed means that our privacy is under increased threat on a scale that we could have never have never could have imagined before you know the ways that we're tracked the ways we're identified the increased expon you know it's increased exponentially alongside you know what kind of information is available on us you know you have social media that shows us you know who our friends are what we think what we dislike you know that's crazy to think about it so you have all, you have the government tracking us already with the Patriot Act. Then you have social media selling our data. You, there's so many aspects to this, but I'm going to you know, talk more about the reason why you should care rather than that. That's for the next episode, the surveillance pandemic. Because first of all, you have to, I think that's the biggest issue. I, I, don't, I don't think people are ignorant about this. I think they know. They, everybody knows. Everybody knows what Edward Snowden told us. For the most part, people are... I'm I'm not sure. I really I wish I could be more confident. I wish I could be more <laughs> confident too, but I I have a feeling even you know why I say this cuz if you tell people this, most of the time they have uh ambival- or, ambivalence to it. And there's a lot of people who say they understand, but if you talk with them, they really don't or they'll be dismissive like, "Oh, no, they'll be like, like mm, what what's matter? like what's like, like what does it matter though? What are they getting from me?" Yeah, what are I don't have anything to hide. It's not even a they, it's Actually, legit, anyone can get it. From no, here. that's that, that's why um that's why I'm gonna put that put that um later. Open source intelligence, especially for the female listeners out there, you should care. Of course, you should care about your privacy, right? If you get some sickle, I mean, on your social media, I've got some examples of some cyber crimes that would send chills down people's spines. Yeah, if we ever yeah touch on some of those, I think we will. So let's talk about the idea itself. It's the principle, the principle of why you should care. You know. Um, and you told me, by the way, Dio said, it's like letting someone into your house. I think it's a good analogy for people who tolerate the intolerable data practices of the public and private sectors. You know, 
letting somebody into your phone or into your data, I mean, it's like exactly like letting someone into your house. Would you let someone in your house? Even more specifically, it might be like letting someone into your room. In your room, actually. No, cases. it's because it's even more intimate than your it's house. very personal stuff. Stuff but, you wouldn't share publicly normally. Ex- or it's You have the veil mm. of like, oh, this is my page, but maybe you have uh, it on private. Most people with their pages on private, so many of them, I don't want to say most people, but a large portion of them, if you click follow, they'll accept it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, usually, usually. It's just like a, a basic wall, just maybe to avoid spam, but that's about it. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the epigraph. We we always forget epigraphs. That's, that's our thing, but that should be our bread and butter. Arguing that you don't care about the right to privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying that you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. When you say, I have nothing to hide, you're saying, I don't care about this right. And that's the ambivalence, the indifference, and the um, dismissiveness of when people say that. And I always get that. That's why I say, I don't think it's a problem of knowledge. I think it's a problem of the, um, the um, I guess, valuing the principle and the, pr- the precedence of uh, privacy. That's the, bi- that's the problem. Like, why should you care? How does it affect you? Because, I mean, if I were to use open source intelligence and find some some personal information, you know, stuff on white pages, you know, public records. And a lot of people don't even know if you Google yourself, you can find a lot of info from the public uh, white pages or any other uh, of those public, public information, public records, and use it to narrow down how to find it's, you. That's how you get doxxed. You're unfortunately, unfortunately, you're asking for it in some ways. And this is not even, it's anyone. Like the, uh, you can go to those like those meme jokes where someone has like mm. R.I.P. in their bio. You put it out there on the internet, and you get an argument with someone. It's effed up, but <laughs> don't be surprised when someone throws that in your face. Anyways, a society cannot have liberty without privacy. It can appear as a luxury, as I said, but it is important to a well-being of a free and just society. And I'm going to give you a little story. And then we can move on to the principles of privacy, right? Because I think, I think you have to give an allegory, an analogy to make people care. You have to give them, I guess, like something to show them how it could affect you. For I'll give you an example. And if you go on this, the Chronicle Herald Canada, so the Muslim Quip led Terror Pro. The above is my go-to example of the importance of privacy. A man sends an innocent text message to his colleagues at a trade show in New York City, telling them to blow away the competition. This man has nothing to hide, and that resulted in him being arrested and searched, which is bad enough. But the worst part is that he will no longer be able to get a certificate of good conduct, which is required for his work in finance. Although he's totally innocent, he still lost his livelihood. Given enough data, anyone can can be made to be appear can be made to appear guilty by cherry picking innocent events. Indiscriminate surveillance allows authorities to gather enough data to do this. The authorities don't even need to be malicious and can still end up doing this to some innocent person. So imagine that you text your friends, your colleagues, let's <laughs> hey man, blow away the competition, right? And you let's say you happen to be Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. And you have these. FBI, you have these NSA and FBI guys watching you and they're like, hmm, they're putting two and two together, right? And two and two, oftentimes it's four, right? But 
And he's probably trying to be helpful and go along with the police. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Right, and, and the the idea is it's um they're cherry picking evidence, right? It's like, okay, you happen to be Muslim. You happen to say blow blow yeah. away your competition. You happen to be, you know, go to a mosque, you know. And, unless, and you can you I can mean, when you're dealing with these sort of It's about due process. You are innocent before you're guilty, not guilty before innocent. And this is the big problem. It has become reversed with the surveillance. That too. And be it's like complicated in so many ways. And not not even just surveillance, it's just in general the, me- the message that's put out there first. This is the first thing anyone hears about this person. Most people don't let that go. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if an employer looks you up, they're like Ooh. That's the first thing they see. Maybe they're not gonna be like, oh, let me look into this. Oh, they messed up. They'll just be like, oh, no, don't, no, no, don't want to deal with that. Exactly. They'll 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 be like, hmm. like you're you're well, ruined <laughs> if just f- from it being initiated. Like as much as we talk about the cynic principles of you know not caring about what other people think in in society, that's just how it is. You know, people optics matter, even though they shouldn't. You know, most people that's how they work. That's how they they don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt. They don't want to un- try to understand the situation. They don't want to go and research what happened. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, most people don't think that way. Because then you get into, like, then the police is... They, they, they see they, it as risk. Okay, then law enforcement has, you know, because they probably can get a lot of pushback. Unless there's enough, like, fur and pushback from this situation, they're not going to do anything to help his reputation. They're just, okay, sorry, we didn't do anything. And, yeah, but this our is... Our mistake. Sadly, not the last, first and last time this will ever happen. This has happened quite a few times where the, you know, the keyboard warrants, the mm-hmm. search history, where, you know, like the Boston bombing, you had these, um, these innocent Latino family, like trying to buy a pressure cooker on, I think it was a few hours or maybe a day after the Boston bombing. And, you know, everybody, if you don't know what the Boston bombing is, the, the two people who used the, they, they used a pressure cooker to you know to create like a nail bomb explosion yeah and um yeah so every, so now the fbi was looking at everybody's search history and wondering okay so anybody who's buying a pressure cooker is a terrorist right innocent you know guilty before innocent so the fbi goes up to this family and it's like okay what's this right like man i was just trying to cook, cook meatloaf with this pressure cooker and the fbi's like yeah i don't buy it you know <laughs> you look you look a little you know you don't look this certain way you're right i don't know you look suspicious you know, the, you know that's how it could that's how it happens. And like like I said, there's so many other cases we can even make this into a series. Guilty before proven innocent. Oh yeah, there's a lot of those. There's there. so many. I don't even know if I want to name it that, but that's what I'm saying. Anyway, let's talk about private the the principles. You know, privacy, power, and the government. That is the idea. It's not just about you. It's about um. A limit on government power, as well as the power of private sector companies. The more someone knows about us, the more power they have over us. The personal data is used to make very important decisions in our lives. Personal data can be used to affect our reputations, and it can be used to influence our decisions and shape our behavior. It can be used as a tool to exercise control over us, and in the wrong hands, personal data can be, can be used to cause us great harm. And yeah, privacy is how we seek to protect ourselves in society against uh, arbitrary and unjustified use of power by controlling what can be known about us and done to us while protecting us from those who aim to exert control over our data and ultimately all aspects of our lives. 
Throughout history, races and groups of people have been persecuted due to their characteristics, affiliations, possessions, beliefs, governments, powerful businesses, entities, criminals, influential organizations have often thought sought to obtain private information so they can malign individuals and control or manipulate the masses. Privacy has been one of the shields used to protect people from unjust victimization. And like I was saying, you know, the invasion of privacy, it's a weapon. You know, weapon knowledge is power. If you have intel on your enemy, it can give you more leverage. This idea goes back to the origin of warfare, w- warfare and violence itself. You know, going back to Sun Tzu. I mean, there's so many quotes where he talks about the importance of intelligence, of using spies, of understanding your opponent's weaknesses and strengths and the environment. You know, that's reconnaissance, that's intelligence, that's analysis you know that's it it can be used used against you anything any anything you say or do can use can be used against you in a court of law you know what i mean so that's and like i said data can be cherry picked so that's the whole i think that's the that the depth of why you should care those kind of things um but why would the government do this? That's that's another thing I've always hear. I always hear people say. But why would the government do that? You know, well, I, they don't. I'm a nobody. Why would they want to know something about me, right? But many governments and employers actively spy on their citizens to monitor for undesired ideas, discussions, or dissent. What does that sound like? That sounds like our culture right now. Actively spying on their citizens to monitor for undesired ideas, discussions, or dissent. Violators are then prosecuted or re-educated to align with what those in authority deem appropriate. Without the benefit of anonymity, citizens' desire desire to express their their thoughts is effectively repressed. And that's not a free society. If you cannot say what you actually feel, even though it's something that people might not agree with, you know, that is a red flag. There's an indication of something that is coming, becoming autocratic and authoritarian. And I think that's the, also the, the kind of the culture we're living in. There's like, it's become, there's a lot of echo chambers, you know, on both sides. And moreover, it can go even darker. If a government like Nazi Germany or like the Chinese Communist Party wants to identify you so you can get put in concentration camps, you need to infr- infringe upon their privacy. You must lift the veil of of anonymity and identify them. The scary part is that even even if free countries in the West, uh, even in free countries in the West, this is possible because there are so many security cameras and facial recognition software and the advances have gone up in the past few years. You know, this is the surveillance pandemic, right? And this is something that COVID-19 and also my trip to China, you know, have awoken me to, you know, I've been woke, awakened now. Wrapping up this point, um, you know, never underestimate the power of inf- of information or intelligence coll- uh, collection. Like I said, knowledge is power. Knowledge about you is power over you. Your information will be used to anticipate your actions and manipulate the way you shop, vote, and think. What do you do? <laughs> that is that's, that's another part too that's the a big uh, deal with this um there's a lot of content that shows you the problem but not the solutions that's why i'm showing you shark surf shark vpn <laughs> could you imagine this was just a commercial the whole time that's why i'm i'm showing you this entire thing 
it was all talking about just just this passionate speech and introduction to this topic just to bring everyone in get their ears real close <laughs> that's why. that's why i brought you here so i can talk about <laughs> surfshark vpn and nord vpn you can get a 99 discount if you put wine jar cynics watchdogs code name hercules <laughs> Okay, so like I said, um, also don't forget about Cambridge Analytica. Remember Cambridge Analytica? Oh, that was yeah. that's a huge scandal. Yes, and that's I'm not gonna tell our viewers about this because we can talk about Cambridge Analytica on a whole different video. Just it's, talking about yeah. the because it's something that's, that's gonna eat up. Thing. It's gonna eat up all yeah. the time. This is about privacy, but I'm all, all I'm gonna tell you is that thousands of companies who profit because of surveillance capitalism as well is a problem. It's not always about power. It's just about profit, you know? And, you know, data is the new oil. It is the binary gold, you know, zeros and ones, ones and zeros. But if retailers can get people to buy things they don't need, what else can private data be used for, you know? How about changing the way people think, who they support, their political views, what should become a law, and what to believe in? You know, the use of private information has been long used to leverage leveraged to you to promote vilify or pre prosecute various religions and political parties and leaders and uh, another point in the last few decades how global citizens re receive their news has changed the news and entertainment segments have begun to blend often reporting facts with embellishments and opinionated stories to sway public opinions the more private information that is known, the easier it becomes to influence, convince, cajole, or threaten people. And that's Cambridge Analytica for an, in, a, in a nutshell, what I just told you. So it just doesn't, it doesn't end there. You, I think people have to see it as the, the, their role in the sequence of history and society, right? You may, you may be a nobody, right? But if you can just be one, uh, one pawn of many pawns to go, you know, for it, to win at whatever you goal you're trying to accomplish, right? Or to get closer. You're you're yeah, you're a pawn. You're just a how do I say? You're just cannon fodder, right? You use your your virtual self and your image and you know your status is at risk and they don't care, you know? If the government wants to create a more sophisticated uh, surveillance system using facial recognition and artificial intelligence, right? You, you know, if it ruins a few people here and there, right? I mean, it's for the greater good, you know? The ends justify the means. You know, think of it as that way, you know? Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. So let's go on, go on to point number two. Autonomy and control over your own data. So, and this goes back to what we are trying to teach in cynicism. Uh, they put a large emphasis on self-sufficiency right and autonomy and freedom and that's the biggest ideal i think we have pushed i think you should be able to use your own rationality to you know make your own choices that control and impact your life right that's the whole point of that's all all it's ever been about this whole whatever we're talking about that's the biggest idea the biggest takeaway that i am trying to teach and lead up to people can you know choose i don't know to do whatever they want for the most part and that's autonomy. And you can't do that if somebody has data on you that can be used to ruin you. That's the thing, you know? If you want to, you know, go to a prestigious school uh, and somebody finds out you said something offensive a few years ago when you were like, I don't know, 15, you were drunk at a party and you're just joking around. I mean, 
yeah and then they you know that surfaces when you're like i don't know 19 or something when you just finished high school and then somebody puts it on the internet and makes a big fuss all over it then yeah you're not going to go to the school you want to go to you go to you're going to get ruined your your prospect your future prospects are dwindled down a lot more you know and that's because your data oftentimes it's really just social media right and it has to do with the culture as well so i don't want to just blame it on social media it's not just social media it's also the society and cultural um perspectives on certain things right mm-hmm. and that also people will become and there hasn't, weak. hasn't been enough because it's always like oh that person was just like stupid to put uh, it out yeah there. they always say that but it's like you're not thinking about the principle we should live in a society where the whole idea of anonymity is that you know you can it's about judgment you know you can change you can say bad you can become a different person it's possible but if you if, if things like this happen people will not give you a second chance Right, if that's out there, if your data's out there, yeah, especially if it's wrapped. Because if because if they see this, you know, when you're 15 or 16, you say something offensive or something, and then that that's an example or anything else. You may have done something you're not proud of. That's going to be used against you, and you can't have that if you don't have control over your own data. What if somebody leaks it out? What if someone doxes you? Right? What if you want to keep it private because you know you're embarrassed and you think it's disgusting, but somebody tries to get fine dirt on you, right? And you want to keep that a secret, right? That's the whole idea about it. You know, privacy is about having the choice. It is the right to decide who who we tell what, to establish boundaries, to limit who has access to our bodies, places, and things, as well as our communications and our information. It allows us to negotiate who we are and, and how we want to interact with the world around us and define the relationships on our own terms, personal data it's essential to you know so many decisions made about us from you know whether we get a loan or a license or a job to our personal and professional reputations personal data is used to determine whether we are investigated by the government or searched by, uh, at the airport or denied the ability to fly indeed personal data affects nearly everything including what messages and content we see on the internet without having the knowledge of what data is being used or how it's being used the ability to correct and amend it, we are virtually helpless in today's world. Moreover, we are helpless without the ability to stay, to have a say in how our data is used or the ability to object and have legitimate grievances be heard when data uses can harm us. I sort of agree and disagree with this statement because this, um, this is an article. Some of this stuff is uh, stuff I've been learning from articles. Um, okay. I think I, I don't think this is nearly, it's, it seems a little too doom and gloom. I think that there is something, I think, you know, you can make your voice heard and you can have make this stop. I used to be more pessimistic, but then you, you know, I think I've been realizing that, you know, you can overwhelm the system pretty easily. A good example is that, you know, the protests has been go- that have been going on, you know, I wouldn't call it mob justice or, you know, like lynching, but enough people and enough voices heard can definitely have an impact. But the, that the biggest issue is the catalyst to create a a way where people will care about it first, you know. Because if you don't care about it, you know, this is not going to go anywhere, right? There's got like if nobody cared about like fi- alien intelligence, right? Finding you know civilizations outside our world, you know, it'd be it would it would you know maybe we wouldn't have made so much 
you know, strides in space. And I know it has a lot to do with more with the geopolitics at the time and wars and the, the Cold War and the space race, but there's also that idea too that there there's the catalyst, the want. It's, there needs to be this day and age it has to be something with some shock value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has to be really something yeah, shock value. Big. And I think that's kinda why Diogenes in a way does the radical exhibitionalism. Shock value really has an effect on people, you know. I don't know what it could be, but I'm hoping that maybe if we talk about it, it's got to be very shocking. Yeah, very we, shocking. We've been very desensitized. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. The the desensit desensitized. Ah, you're desensitized to how you're being screwed over. You be you normalize it. You know. Yeah. You, so things that would be like unimaginable for people to just like let happen in the past today, we're just like, oh, okay. So that's uh, why. Or we're just like, oh, that sucks, and then move on. And that's, you know, that's funny because I always think of, like, the older generation. People like to shit on them, right, and say, ah, whatever. You know, you're not from this time, right? This is the new normal. This is how we live, you know? We need to have this happen so, you know, you know, people normalize it. And then people, you know, they want to shit. It depends on what it is, but yeah. If if it has to do with... uh, At least I'm thinking about how the uh, my fellow, you know, some Zoomers think. Some Zoomers are like, you know, it's just normal. This is how it is. That's like, how it's always been. It's regardless, there's truth in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Regardless. Anyway, um, of the warning of just like things, like a lot of times, older generations see things going in a bad direction. They're always calling that out. As like back in my day, like you were saying. Yeah, and then people shit on them for it. Yeah, but but there's, there's truth in their message. I think it's just maybe it's also a cultural thing because maybe they're not. They're not treating their elders well, and they're just dismissive of their their ideas, you That's, know, just because could be yeah, that too. It's kind of someone was disrespectful. It's like they've sometimes, you know, they do have some stupid ideas from the past, but at the same time, you know, sometimes they're they're right too. It was different back then. You didn't have to worry about this kind of stuff. You didn't have to worry about um, all this tracking, all this data being used against you, all this can't, you know, even cancel culture to a certain extent that which is further further exasperated by doxing which relies on data right you have to find you know some dirt and blackmail on your your whoever you dislike for whatever reason and i think one of the biggest problems at least here in the state so many people have a i think it's like the majority i think they have a negative view of like people of the past yeah I think that's just maybe just people, the newer generation in, in general. They think they're the, how do I say it? They're the young Turks. They're the radical change. They're the revolutionaries. They're the um, the the sh- the ones that are shining the way. I think they they imagine them worse than they were. They imagine M- them worse than they worse were. Much worse than they actually yeah. were. They're probably... Which is weird because, you know, there's decent also... Decent people. <laughs> those same people tend to like people from other ancient cultures from different places yeah which yeah that's one of the easiest places to call out hypocrisy because if you go back and you're talking about someone they think of as a hero well they thought this too (laughs) yeah (laughs) so why are you propping them up as like being okay but this other one's not or having another idea you don't like Mm -hmm. that's i mean cognitive dissonance in those cases but where were we one of the hallmarks of freedom, I think, by the way, is having autonomy and control over our lives. Our lives, and we can't have that if so many important decisions about us are 
being made in secret without our awareness or participation. And this is the, I'm going to highlight this because, you know, that, that um, connects to the per, uh, surveillance pandemic and also the, the technocracy, the, the tech enthusiasm spectrum, right? Because with the tech enthusiasm spectrum, that episode we want to do later, um, um, technocracies, right? So we don't, we technically don't live in a technocracy, not yet, but it doesn't even matter because you do have these st- extremely influential private companies that, you know, without your say are affecting the course of the, the way our lives are being lived Yeah, without a say. They're technically persons. Yeah, really. They have the same freedoms, if not more than people. So their freedom is infringed upon our freedoms, infringing upon ours. It's essentially, corporations are like... People. It's more than a person, though. They're like... A privileged person. Demigods. Yeah, demigods. And pre- and some people even, you know, they have a cult following and they treat them almost like a, like a messiah, like a new cult leader, you and know, cult of personalities. They, they, they're literally, it's not even to call them people, it's not yeah. being hyperbolic. They're literally... Cults of personality. Treated like people, legally. Yeah. Legally people. Yeah, legally. Say, yeah. That's the, that's the, the worst aspect of it, of, a, of the, of this... Of their power is that they're, again, as I said, unelected and are infringing upon our freedoms, our liberty, our autonomy. That's the big deal. The, the, the biggest, the fact of the matter is that there is no say. There is no voting in um, Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg or all these other people, right? This is, um, they can just, you know, give a little donation money and they, they call it a day, you know? Mm-hmm. So at, and you know they're like a third government at this point. They're a quasi a quasi government, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes, it, even worse because they they don't. There's not much accountability. What are you gonna do? You know, sue them with their our army of lawyers. They've been. Like, what are you gonna do? Sue me. Yeah, they they've been many. Well, they were brought to Congress several times and nothing. Ever yeah, happened. yeah, and they always just say, <laughs> "If I want to buy a Ford, this always you know, what is that? What is that? <laughs> that what's like, his face? That the Rhino Republican guy, um, Chelsea Graham something? Oh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Yeah. If I want to buy a Ford, it's like can you? I forgot this analogy, but you know, if I want to buy a Ford, like, are you Monopoly or what? Do these? And, guys- he, and he, what, what did Mark Zuckerberg say? Say, <laughs> doesn't seem that way. He yeah. literally said that. Does anyone there not have the intelligence or just even the courage? No. Like, okay, I don't I, understand this so much. I'm going to bring in an expert. I, I love how he's in his booster seat saying that. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah in his booster seat of all things. Uh, it doesn't feel like it. And he just laughs and smirks. I mean, yeah, we have definitely other services. You know, we compete with Google or Amazon. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of a tangent. Where that was a uh, Wait, yeah. diatribe. But... um. The whole point is... I don't know how to deal with them. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. Also, the whole point of autonomy is that it gives us a space to be ourselves free of judgment and allows us to think freely without discrimination. It gives us freedom, autonomy, and to live in dignity. People establish, establish boundaries from others in society. Those boundaries are both physical and informational. We need places of solitude to retreat to, places we are free of the gaze of, of others in order to relax and feel at ease. We also establish informational boundary uh, for the reason of, you know, relationships. Privacy helps people manage those, these boundaries. Breaches of these boundaries can create awkward social situations, damage relationships. You know, privacy is also helpful to reduce the social friction we encounter in life. 
Most people don't want everybody to know everything about them. You know, hence the phrase, none of your business. And sometimes we don't want to know everything about other people. Hence the phrase, too much information. It's about trust and choice, guys. That's all it is. Trust and choice. I mean, that's how I'll wrap up this point. And also, like, and, and you know, bringing up, impo- you know, uh, important uh, things, open source intelli- intelligence and stalking. I mean, if you're a young woman and, you know, you live in a place that has very has a lot of high crime, not even high crime, just a place where some you just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, unlucky, and there's a crazy psycho stalker who just, you know, it could be just an interaction, right? It's kind of like you. That's the best well, example of, of open source intelligence. Yeah, you, yeah, that's talk what about, he uses. Talk about you. You, the the show, series you on Netflix, uh, main character. His, his name is um Joe Goldman, right? Joe Goldberg? Goldberg or something. And then he changed his name. But yeah, the name's Joe Gold. I think Goldberg. I think it's Goldberg. He's in New York. Yeah, he's in New York and I mean, you get a lot of his backstory later, but Essentially, he's he's a stalker. He stalks girls that he finds some connection with and just, like, immediately falls in love with them. <laughs> so He's just psychotic. Yeah. yeah. So once he finds a girl, you know, have, a, like, a short conversation, get to know enough about them. Like, always looking at little details about them. Mm-hmm. The creepy part. He's always looking for little details. So he finds some identifying information, gets on their social media, finds all this stuff about them. So on and so forth. But, yeah, he uses that to pretty much get the girls he's going after, influence them. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He monitors it's, their text, text um, their group chats with their, you know, their friends. Yeah, he's doing a bit of hacking. He knows their location. He knows he, their location. He finds he, out locations from pictures he, on, like, social yeah, media. Yeah, he tracks them. He tracks her everywhere. He, um, what else does he do? Um, there's many things we can even like, talk about it on a separate episode, just they, open they, source intelligence. Yeah. This dude's like a complete stalker, but there's also, what was it? The case? But a lot of like these two, a lot of these tools are just regular, regular, regular stuff. Social media, the Japanese band girl who the, the stalker found an image in the reflection. Oh of her yeah. 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 Like that guy. It's, you don't need that much. That's how creepy it <laughs> that's is. That's the thing. You do not need that much. That's you like, just need a location. But here's the thing though. Here's the problem though. The I, like we said in the the beginning of this episode of privacy, um, it's not just what about how they attain how they can um get the data. It's the type of data that they have on you too. That's the problem. Not, so it's the collection of data is a problem, but the types of information that are rich in and you know in you, I guess. Funny uh, enough, yeah, yeah, the types, the personal stuff. You know who your friends are, where you go, what you like, what you don't like, who you voted for. All these things are out there. Right, and a lot of the people they do it because they choose to do it as well. So there's that problem as well. But so not so that's the creepy part. Not only is it all accessible, is that he has the. In- Those are people that that's when they're like even semi close to you. People can do very similar things on the other side of the world. Yeah. So it's the, also the intent. You know, he has the intent to collect it, and he has he's intelligent, so he knows how to analyze it. And he has, you know, he's a psycho, so he ends yeah. up killing the girl in the first season. So, oh, sorry, spoilers, but I mean, you watch the show. I mean, the, the equivalent, you can meet someone online, just start chatting. They'll just go on, find something about you. You don't even know yeah, they know your social that's media. that's true, that's true, actually. You don't even know they know your social media yet, but they've already found it. Uh-huh. So they're learning all this stuff and about they go, you without oh. you telling them, and then you manipulate them. 
Yeah. You build a relationship. Maybe you send some file. You hack into their computer, access all their phone. This is one case that happened. You don't even need to, to hack at this point, though, really. But the hack is where you get the real leverage because you might find but pictures, if you, but if you're, videos. If you had those skills, which most people, I mean. you, It's, yeah. at this day, I mean, it's really not that hard. All you have to do is get them to open a file in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, you can spear, yeah, yeah, spear phishing. Yeah, yeah, you can just spear fish them. Yeah. So let's say you, you get comfortable with this person. You're like a friend. Oh, I'm going to send you this song I downloaded. Mm-hmm. Oh, what happened? Oh, maybe I, I downloaded from this weird website. That is, yeah. And they, they wouldn't blame you, <laughs> but you just got into their computer. There's a lot of. Yeah, mm-hmm, the rootkit. I mean. And malware. Um, I'm not saying it's very likely necessarily something to that extent. No, but yeah, it could happen. No, really, it's a lot more possible for this to happen to a girl, I think, yeah. than a dude. Mm-hmm. It's a lot because guys are, especially with the culture we have now where men have become more socially awkward. And, you know, this has been, it's definitely been worsened by the pandemic. People are indoor, they, they're not interacting with people, at least in places that are locked down. Imagine you have this Enso, and by the way, an Enso killed people recently. He shot a bunch of girls mm-hmm. at a massage parlor. Mm-hmm. You have these kind of guys. You have Enso's. Not saying all Enso's are like this, right? Just you want to the ones that are extreme, yeah. that are radicalized, that do, that really are you know desperate, and they do want a girlfriend, and they're willing to go at any length, and they meet this girl, and they get, she gives her a little bit, she gives him a little bit of attention, and he gets attached, and he's a little psychotic, and and he's socially awkward, and misreads all the messages and he gets obsessed and he has you know minor technical skills at this point you don't need to know how to hack you don't need to you all you need to know is how to you know send an email that has that automatically installs the malware into their their computer so he can um you know monitor her yeah yeah so actually at this it's scarier because back then you, you needed more skills that were a lot harder to get but get get back in the day a lot of these times you don't need those skills you just need to send an email yeah you just need to send an the email program and yeah send it spirit spear phishing that's the scary part anyway let's go to on to the the second the third principle by the way that show you is very very good we're going to do an episode on that yeah where all the techniques he uses I'm waiting for the new season yeah yeah anyway um free speech and assembly the freedom of thought and speech this is why the privacy is important Privacy is key to freedom of thought. A watchful eye over everything we read or watch can chill us from exploring ideas outside the mainstream. Privacy is also key to protecting speaking unpopular messages. Important. Something that needs to happen now. That's why it's important. That's why when somebody is a polemicist and somebody who they provoke a dialogue for the sake of provoking it, why they become famous for a reason, because... That's not happening anymore. Back then, this used to be normal, I feel. People would just talk about things to entertain ideas, to talk about dark things for the sake of understanding, not just for, you know, small talk, you know? It's like, well, what if he is right? You know, I don't know. But if you even entertain it, if you even talk about it, if you even think about it, this can be very bad for you. That's the that's the the biggest thing the biggest issue. Not it's not even just a privacy issue. I'm also thinking about it in a philosophical cultural issue, as well. People have just become very, I guess, and, and and so enamored by their own ideas, and they've been so emboldened by echo chambers to think that these ideas are so valuable that they must be pushed and accepted by everybody. That's another aspect that's also scary as well. 
And yeah, also, privacy doesn't just protect fringe activities. We may want to criticize people we know to others, yet not share that criticism with the world. A person might want to explore ideas that their family or friends or colleagues dislike, right? It's, a, it's the Hawthorne effect, you know? The Hawthorne effect occurs when people behave, they alter their, their, their behavior because they know they're being watched, you know? Anyway, and freedom of social and politica, political activities. Privacy helps us protect the ability to associate with other people and engage in political activity. A key component of freedom of political association is the ability to do so with privacy if one chooses. We, you know, we want to protect privacy at the ballot because of the concern that failing to do so would chill people's voting. You know, voting. Privacy of the associations and activities that lead up to go into the voting booth matter as well because this is how we inf- we form and discuss our political beliefs. The watchful eye can disrupt and unduly influence these activities, right? Like, what if you want to vote for somebody, but they happen to find out who you're voting for? And because, you know, you have a certain, you know, it's a backlash effect. You These people have a different idea and they don't want to entertain it. Then you're not going to vote for who you truly want because you have this, you know, this altering your behavior. This You don't have that anonymity anymore to choose what you want. Because mm-hmm. it scares you, right? This is something that... Maybe this is why the biggest... Um, I mean, one of the biggest. It's really also about uh, civil liberties as well. It leads to other things. You know, you can't do things if you're being washed. You know, you won't do it truly. You'll do it to satisfy the mob. Yeah. Because there is a mob out there right now. There's mob on both sides. You know, if you have a conservative dad or something, and he's like, you, know, you want to vote for this guy? You know... He knows, you know, you probably maybe you don't want to vote for him now, and that alters it, because he knows. On the other side as well, maybe you're conservative, right? Conservatives are, you know, misappropriately labeled now as bad people most of the time. You know, they there's a lot of weight to that that word. You want to vote for somebody, and then your your family's all they're all liberals, and they're like, oh, what? You know, they judge you. Then you don't want to vote for that person anymore. You're living a lie. You're altering your behavior to fit the expectations of a mob. That's a that's a huge problem. So I'm you know it's funny enough this the biggest thing I'm noticing actually in this episode is that I'm not this privacy is a matter of culture as well too. But even if the culture is perfect and they're like yeah man vote for whoever you want which it's never gonna happen. But you know that's why you should and anonymity is there for that reason because you know people. Sometimes they don't need to know that stuff. They don't need to. And that's why, you know, it's funny, Denzel Washington, they asked him one time, you know, who'd you vote for? He's like, none of your business. You know, it is none of your business. Why do you need to know that? You know, because if you, you know, that's why I forgot what the, the, the omission of information, the reason why people do it is because they know they're going to get judged. And that's why people ask you these things. To, you know, to get you vulnerable, to attack you, to find what, oh, you voted for this guy? You believe in this? You do that? You know? Yeah. It's about judgment, too. So it's a psychological thing. Also, the biggest thing, reason why I, I think, at least nowadays, the biggest threat is also just anti-dox, uh, you know, doxing. Doxing and cancel culture. You know, doxing can ruin ruin people's lives, and oftentimes doxing is really... Most of the time, it's just digital lynching and mob justice. You know, what, you remember what Diogenes says, right? The um, the mother, what is it? The mother of tyrants is the mother the, of all. The mother of all tyrants is the mob. Yeah, the mother of all tyrants is the mob. Or the mob is the mother of all tyrants. Might have been something that. like that. 
Like, for example, what happened to Andy No? I don't even know why this guy is so controversial. Because he exposed Antifa, what they do, their tactics. Pretty much. He was critical of Antifa. And, and this is, yeah. They didn't like it. It's pretty, and I, I guess what I'm saying is that anybody, and not just Antifa, but anybody, any group that, you know, does this kind of stuff is, you know, I don't know. They're, it's pretty un American, you know? Can't have people criticize you now. Can't have people yeah, talking about you. Can't have people, you know, giving different opinions or the truth on you. You know, that's, what are we living in, right? What kind of wor- world are we living in where we bow to the mob? We bow to these fringe groups. And then play victim. Oh, yeah. You can't expose these people. You're putting oh, them book, in danger. Book burnings, right? <laughs> then you can't expose anything. There shouldn't be That's nothing, true, but no, th- exactly. By that logic, no one should, pu- any public situation should not be put in the public. Uh, let's, let's explain to the viewers who are new to this, right? What is doxing? What is doxing? Doxing. It's just really revealing public information to them from what I yeah, know. Like maybe they say something you don't like online. So you, yeah. For example, CNN, they doxed some kid because I think he posted a meme of Trump like fighting. Like yeah, they pretty much tell a joke. It was anyone a jo- who wants to know where they live, like how to find them, uh, address, like which schools they go to, like all this information. So that pretty much putting them up as a target. It's a target, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, if somebody happens to live in that area where this person lives, they can go there, they can kill them. Or even worse, that person can kill them because they want to come up. And try something, and they get shot and killed. So either way, both sides are in danger. You have the person who's going to go go to these people's houses, right? Maybe the guy is not in a good mood, and he has a gun. He wants, to, he's ready to kill anybody who trespasses on his private property, and he'll do it. And he lives in a stand a stand your ground state, right? Or maybe that guy is the converse. You know, the, oh, he's just some you know regular person, and then they come here. And they start, um, they beat his ass. They beat him to death. Anything can happen, really. Things can get ugly really quickly. Because you're invading their home. It's their property. It's their livelihood. And um, a good example is, you know, there's some people who have been doxing. There's a lot of doxing cases out there. You know, there's doxing where people, you know, somebody has doxed some other YouTuber for criticizing them. I'm not going to give names, but... That's, that's a very famous doxing case on YouTube where one creator does not did not like how somebody else criticized them and the critici- criticize, things that he criticized them about were true. You know, it was the truth, right? He just didn't handle the criticism well. So he doxes him and, yeah, just put, puts all his public info out there, his real name, his family, threats, all that kind of stuff. So that's doxing on YouTube. You have another person, you know, Sky, I'll give her name out. Um, no, I won't give her name out, but some chick, right? She was a Disney actress. She she doxed somebody, but she doxed the wrong person and ruined their life. And, yeah, nothing happened. There's no negative fallout for and, her. And here's the thing, though. The, the problem is of mob, ju- the biggest problem of mob justice is they are, they are um, judge, jury, and executioner all at once. I judged you. You're a bad person, even though it might not be true. I am jury, so everybody else, my whole mob, they have agreed that that what I said is true, and we're virtuous. You're not, and we execute you. We go to you, we, we leak your info. You get death threats. This has happened many times. This is how people become radicalized. You get doxxed, either justly or unjustly. It doesn't matter whether it's justified or not. For the mo- yeah, for the most part, it's not. I would say ninety nine percent of the cases are not. And then you, this creates a lot of hatred. This creates people who 
I mean, they become radicalized. You're only as good as the world allows you to be sometimes. And that's what happens. They get rage and they'll go they'll go insane, man. A lot of people they might be not might not be able to take it. You know, there's you gotta be careful of who's out there, right? Because what if it's some insane guy who just wants to start killing random people now? Because he's docs and now he's a he's being made fun of or you know I'm or seeing this from different sides. One guy killed himself. Yeah, suicide. You know, suicide. You know, job prospects, school, anything. You know. As we said in this whole episode, data can and will be used against you. Yeah, it's just not being used against you as you're that up to a point that you'll tolerate yet. But it can't. The whole but point, it can't be. and the it whole will, point is, and the, it will. The whole point is the potential that I, is there. I think it's inevitable. It's it's like yeah, you could yeah, most likely it will happen one day. Some either somebody. It could be somebody you personally meet. It could be somebody you talk to online. It could be the government. It could be anybody. That's the whole point. You are not safe. You're, um, and this is why the whole anonymity thing is important. That's why people, you know, this is why people who are political dissidents, journalists, people who want to be anonymous, go to, you know, places, and, you know, they get, they go to encrypted chats. It's not because they have something to hide. It's because, that's the right. Anonymity and privacy is a right for everybody, you know? If you don't want people to know what you're talking about, you don't you are no you're not obliged to tell everybody what you, everything you think and want to talk about. A good yeah. example is that what's his face? That uh Khashoggi, that journalist that got killed by the uh, Saudi prince. They sawed his bones off when he while he was alive. And this is why you know, and I forgot how they they tracked him down. I don't know how they did, but if he was he was able to keep himself private and anonymous and go to Turkey without being well, uh, obviously he had his spies go and find him, right? The Saudi prince. So anonymity or not, he probably would have gotten caught. But the whole point was, you know, if he was able to hide, you know, and that's how you can do it. You hide with anonymity. Anyway, um, do you have any other? Yeah, everyone should have that right. Any other things before we, um, we end this? No, I think we could wrap up there. Parabellum? Parabellum. 